Welcome back. The Blue Hill Weather Observatory and Science Center in Milton is celebrating its 138th anniversary this year. And uh, Special Director of Operations, Don McCaslin, is here to tell us why. Hey, Don, good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. So we're very proud to continue the record at Great Blue Hill. 138 years of homogeneous data using the same tools and the same techniques in the location that was founded by Abbott Lawrence Roach in 1885. We're only the fourth operators, but the key thing is that all four operators, us, our predecessor, the National Weather Service, Harvard, we, who ran it before that, and Abbott Lawrence Roach, the founder, we study and measure the weather the exact same way, which makes us a really valuable climate resource. Not only the same way, but as you mentioned, the same location and the same instruments, many of them dating back to the original founding of the center. That's right. Yeah. We have the oldest continually operating uh, mercury barometer in all the United States. It's been at the observatory since 1887 and used every single day since January 1st, 1888, except for February 7th, 1978. That was the, the only day it wasn't red. Is that right? Yeah, the okay. uh, roads were closed to everyone, including essential workers, so the observer couldn't get there that yeah. day. So that's the only day since 1888 that the mercury barometer has not been red. Interesting, little known fact, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Um, as I mentioned, uh, 138 years old and just recently underwent a pretty major extensive renovation, right? Yes, we're very lucky. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts has owned the building since 1971. They've done a couple renovations back in the 1990s. Um, they did a repair on the whole building, working on the stonework and um, concrete surfaces and some uh, roofing work and things like that. That's actually what led to us taking over the operation. One of the grants that they got for restoring the building in the 90s required that the building be opened to the public. Mm -hmm. The Weather Service didn't have the resources or interest in doing that. The Commonwealth uh, DCR, back then the MDC, didn't have the resources to welcome in the public. And the Blue Hill Observatory and Weather Club, which was the precursor to our nonprofit, said, we've got to get this grant, we've got to get the building restored so it doesn't crumble to the ground. Mm. And so we worked with the National Weather Service and the MDC to make a plan, and that plan was for us to take over the operations and open up and uh, add the educational programming that we offer in addition to maintaining the weather observing program. Right, so which is a major part of your mission, right, is education. As I mentioned at the outset, it's the Blue Hill Weather Observatory and Science Center. Exactly. You know. Yeah, so the mission of our organization is first and foremost to ensure the long-term homogeneous data and to maintain this now 138-year old climate record. But then we want to teach everyone why 138-year climate record, which is the longest in the entire Western Hemisphere, wow. why is that valuable? And there's a lot of reasons. So our educational programs go for all uh, levels, from kindergarten through adult learners, and we do uh, programs on what all the different instruments are and what they measure. That's really popular with uh, third grade in Massachusetts, because that's when the weather curriculum is taught in 
Massachusetts oh, Public Schools is in third grade. Okay. So we have a lot of schools who like to come up and see the actual instruments and learn, oh, this is real. This isn't just <laughs> something my teacher's telling me about. This is a real thing that scientists really do. Right. And so they see the actual thermometers, that barometer I mentioned, and the other uh, more modern barometers and barographs. So they see the actual instruments. They learn the names of the instruments, what they measure, why we gather the data. For example, the reason a meteorologist wants to know where the wind is coming from uh, and other information. So we're really pleased to be able to share the observatory with many people of all ages. What is all the data collected at the observatory used for, Don? So um, the climate is something I've talked about a lot. And so it goes to the National Center for Environmental Information in National North Carolina, where they have the National Climate Data Center. So climatologists can look at all of our data and look at the trends and see, is warming real? The answer is yes. What other things are changing? Our wind speeds are decreasing. Our precipitation overall is increasing, even though until this year we've been having some dry years. Overall, our precipitation's increasing. Everyone would say, yeah, I believe that after the past summer that we had That's with right. it raining every weekend. Yes. Uh, so they can see those trends and compare that to other sites around the world and really get a better understanding of global climate change thanks to our data, they're able to see it over a longer period of time. In addition to going to the climatologists, yes. folks like the marine fisheries, they want to know how much water is going out into the harbors and rivers and everything like that. So they want to know our precipitation data every morning when it's uh, rained the day before. Um, it goes to the National Weather Service Regional Headquarters in Norton, Mass, and then they can send it out to the world. Okay. And that's used both by the forecasters in the Weather Service office, but then another part of the office in Norton is the Northeast River Forecast Center, and they want to know what uh, is happening, both in terms of the precipitation, but also what's the evaporative rates like, what's the transpiration rate, what's the percentage of sunshine, hmm. um, because that impacts the river levels. It's not just how much is going into the rivers, but how much is going out of the soil uh, and out of the lakes and rivers as well. So a uh, really diverse range of scientists who are using it. Uh, a while back when Hull was getting ready to install their second windmill, mm -hmm. they sent folks up to us to analyze all of our wind data to help them figure out what the best turbine would be for the Hull 2 windmill. Okay. Um, so there's a really diverse range of people that use the data. Yeah, talk a little bit, if you can, about uh, the observatory uh, structure, if you will, that you know the, the governmental structure of, of the observatory with the board and then the staff and then sure. the observers. So uh, I mentioned the Blue Hill Observatory Weather Club. It was founded in 1981 okay. by Dr. William Mensinger, and he was the president of that until it got reformed into the Blue Hill Observatory and Science Center, an official 501c3. Mm -hmm. That happened in 1998. Dr. Mensinger continued to be the president uh, of that organization uh, until 2018. Um, our executive director, Charles Orloff, is a paid staff, so he's not on the board. Uh, he's not a board director, he's a staff director right. uh, in charge of making sure that the place keeps the doors open and that I do my job and that the observers do their job. And He helps get a lot of the money. He lobbies the Commonwealth for the money that they help support us with. Uh, he works with our Director of Strategic Partnerships to find grants to help support us. Um, 
He asks our members to give additional money sure. beyond their annual dues. Yep. Um, he helps support the educational programs that we do for our members, like we just had a webinar this past week on the winter weather outlook. And um, so he's a really crucial part. He's how I got my job. I met him when he was a principal of a school at Mattock East Middle School. And I was doing an educational kite making workshop. And he asked if I would do kite workshops at Blue Hill. I started doing just the kite workshops. And then that led to my current position there okay. after 23 years. Sure. The uh, staff that you have, the observers that you have, um, talk a little bit about their background and their duties. Sure. So um, we're very fortunate to have our uh, observer in charge, Matt Douglas. We kind of go back and forth calling him the chief observer or the observer in charge. He actually started working for the observatory in the 1990s when he was in high school and he trained along our observer, Dr. Robert Skilling. And, uh, yeah, he's not a doctor, but he's, he's good enough to be called a doctor, but yes. Robert Skilling, uh, who was the chief observer for the National Weather Service when it was being operated by the Weather Service in the 1990s. And Bob Skilling continued to work for us through 2018. Uh, and he started at the observatory in 1960. Wow. So we're wow. very fortunate. We have a lot of people who are dedicated to the observatory and continue for a very, very long time. As I mentioned, Matt worked at the observatory in the 90s and then he moved away to Pennsylvania, uh, but came back a few years ago and uh, moved into the position of chief observer. And he trains the other observers mm -hmm. right now. Um, he's just finishing up or the training for a new observer named Josh. And uh, so we have two one-day observers, Josh and Amanda, who are both students at UMass Lowell. Oh. And a lot of our observers uh, start with us as interns, either as a college intern or even some of our um, high school interns have continued on to positions at the observatory. And um, I'm very proud that two of our high school interns are now broadcast meteorologists up in Burlington, Vermont, oh, at NBC5. Nice. Okay. So we um, really do a lot of uh, educational development that spreads around the world. Yes, yeah. And it's, it's two different forms of science, right? Observing and, and meteorology. Um, you're not forecasting, you're observing. That's right. Yeah. Um, Matt has all the skills to forecast. For sure. He does it for yeah. himself for fun, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that's not in our job description. The right. job description is all about the observing and the reporting of the data that is happening and has happened. Right. And so you do not have to be a meteorologist to be a weather observer. Um, it doesn't require as much math as meteorology does, but both Amanda and Josh are getting degrees in atmospheric science, so they can be officially be called meteorologists by our definition, which means a degree in meteorology. Okay. Um, Don Kent didn't have a degree in meteorologist, but I don't think anyone would ever argue about whether he was a meteorologist or not. He That's was a spectacular meteorologist. And I like to tell people he was a Harvard-trained meteorologist because um, he interned and shadowed at Blue Hill Observatory uh, under Dr. Uh, Charles Brooks. And at that time, the observatory was being offered, operated by Harvard. Oh, so okay. even though he didn't take classes at Harvard. 
he trained with Dr. Brooks. He volunteered at the observatory, did a lot of work. Dr. Brooks was kind enough to let him study and learn next wow. to the observers. And so um, Don Kent learned quite a bit, and he was a friend to the observatory right up until his death. That's great. Of course, he got his start right here in Quincy on, on right. the roof of Kent's carpet land out on Quincy Shore <laughs> Drive <laughs> sure. years ago. Yep. Uh, you brought some great pictures. We want to show folks uh, of the observatory, if we can, and bring up the first one. Uh, yep. There you see uh, that's a uh, current picture, right? That is. That yeah. was taken by a friend of mine, Clark Linehan, who's also a ski instructor at Blue Hill Ski Area mm -hmm. and a professional photographer and after the renovation was complete, we said, can you come up and document the renovation? And so that's what it looks like now. Um, the cool thing is, other than the really nice coating on the tower mm -hmm. itself, the building looks exactly the same today as it did in 1908. Um, it is a National Historic Landmark, has yes. been since 1989. Okay. And so even though the very top part, the part above what are called the dentals, um, is brand new, it is built exactly the same as the parapet that was there in 1908. So it looks exactly the same, but it's in much, much, much more durable condition than it was in 2021 when the renovation started. Yes, uh, much more accessible as well, right? That's a key factor. Yes, yeah. um, we don't have elevators, right. uh, but yep. we've improved the wheelchair access to get into the building. Yep. Uh, folks who are in a wheelchair that want to see the observatory, we have some large screen monitors in the uh, history room and to get to see the stuff on the second, third and rooftop, we set you up uh, with a tablet and we zoom uh, with a guide going to the observer's room, looking at the real TAM data sure. and reporting what's there. Go to the third floor and give a quick glance around there and then go to the top so you can see what the view is from the top, yeah. even though you can unfortunately only get to the ground floor. But we're able to accommodate folks who are wheelchair bound, uh, people who are on walkers. We've installed a really improved railing system mm -hmm. to get from the bottom to the top. So most folks in walkers can do it. Usually what they do is they'll get from the ground floor to the second floor, sit in a chair, take a short rest, go from the second floor to the third floor, take a short rest, sure. uh, and then go from the third floor to the roof so yeah. that they are able to see the very popular view from the roof. Nice, nice. Let's bring up the next one, and there's yep. the crew. Yes, so this is the grand reopening uh, back in July, and uh, the young man with the scissors is one of our uh, summer interns who started uh, by attending a program we have called Launch Your Meteorology Career. Oh. And um, we are very excited to have him do a nice presentation of what Blue Hill Observatory means to him. Yeah. And then he had the honor of cutting the ribbon and welcoming everyone into the building. Very nice. We've only got a couple of minutes, but I want to be able to, be able to show the rest of it. Sure. So that's the tool that everyone says, what's that? It's great. And yeah. I like to joke, it's the tool the meteorologists really use to make the forecast. <laughs> they gaze into the crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a tool called the Campbell-Stokes Sunshine Recorder. And it's one of the many examples of that long-term homogeneous data. We've used a Campbell-Stokes Sunshine Recorder since 1886. And it tells us the minutes of bright sunshine for each day by burning a hole in the special measuring it's card. The old magnifying glass trick from when you were a kid, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah. Just a very, very sophisticated magnifying glass right. with a very specific time measuring tool yeah. to tell us what time it was clear and what time it was cloudy for each minute of the day. Yeah. Uh, we turn that into a percentage and um, that's one of the few parameters that hasn't changed a lot. Our overall percentage is still around 
around 52%. Oh, okay. Check, check out the next one here. Yep. So this is the uh, part of the Mischmeichels Hall for Scientific Discovery. And uh, the corner we're looking at on the right is our real-time weather. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the glass case on the left has uh, actual readouts from a tool called the Belfort Aerovane, uh, and then a bunch of historic instruments so people can see tools of the past that we have used working alongside actual uh, recording instruments. It's, it's neat, yeah. And uh, yeah, we yeah. see the more yep. modern days uh, facility here. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, this is a great blend of old and new. Yeah. You can see the computers, but then um, the display with the dials and the chart recorders uh, actually go back to the 1960s. That left-hand chart measures each mile of air that passes the building. Uh, the right-hand chart is connected to uh, what's called the peak gust recorder, and the technology for both of those recorders dates all the way back to 1960, and they are built designed, built, and calibrated like the ones going all the way back to 1885. Um, the website is a great resource to go to, uh, both to learn about the observatory, but also um, to get your weather data, which is archived on the website as well. Yes, it is. And arrange for tours, right? Yes, you can uh, either just show up Saturdays and Sundays and most holidays except for Thanksgiving and Christmas between 10 and 4. Uh, we will be open the Friday after Thanksgiving. And then in addition to just showing up on those times, you can make arrangements for tours seven days a week. Excellent. Don, really appreciate the opportunity to learn about the observatory and I hope we helped uh, get the message out for you. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome.